This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm excited to have a special guest in studio. I cannot wait to hear about uh, how she got into health and fitness. Uh, She's a new mom. She's a coach. Uh, her name is Coach Maria. Uh, officially, her name is Maria Brace, and uh, I thank you for your time for coming into the studio today. Hi, Maria. How are you? Good. I'm great. Happy to be here. So you're, uh, full disclosure, my coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have joined a uh, health and fitness, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's, there's no law against me saying Orange Theory Fitness. Yep. Um, a lot of people call Orange Theory Fitness members uh, psychotic or uh, Members of a cult, definitely. Uh, have you heard that too? Oh yeah, it's I have bled orange, bleed orange. Understand why people do it, so love it. Well, for our uh, listeners that don't know the Orange Theory theory, uh, it's group fitness. Uh, it really feels like personal training yep. because you come in individually, but you're in a group of maybe I don't know 25, 30 people. There are three stations. You've got a treadmill, a rower. And then the floor with some weights. Yep. And you generally get about 20 minutes at each station per one hour class. And a coach tells you what to do. So you can go in there completely mindless without worrying about what you need to do. And a coach like Coach Maria will will ride you through the microphone and tell you exactly (laughs) what to do. And before you know it, the hour's over. And you burned seven or eight hundred calories, and it's and it's a fantastic workout. And there's no and I, you say this all the time, and I agree. There's no way I would do that on my own by myself. There's no way I'd go to a gym with a printout of what I, what I do exactly. in your class and do that on my own. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Right. Um, but having you know twenty nine other people next to me doing it too, and we're high fiving, and you're checking, you're meeting new people. It's it's really you feel like you're part of a team. You feel like you're training to join a the NFL combine. <laughs> exactly. So I, I uh, wanted to have Coach Maria on the show, not only to talk about health and fitness and the importance of it, but uh, she's got a unique perspective because you just had a baby. Exactly. Yep. Uh, a new mom. Congratulations. Thank you. So uh, I guess let's start from the new mom angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll get into generalities of health and fitness. Wonderful. Uh, as you're um, through your pregnancy, um, what can you, I guess, share with our listeners who are about to get pregnant, our female listeners mm-hmm. that, that maybe are pregnant or about to get pregnant, mm-hmm. and the importance of health and fitness, m- maybe going too far, mm-hmm. working out too much, working mm-hmm. out not enough? Mm-hmm. What is, where's the balance there? Sure. Well, I always got this advice from mothers while I was in that journey and approaching that journey is to give yourself grace, which is this generic umbrella, and I've heard it a million times, and that is the best advice I can give, but to lean into the specificity of uh, really customizing it for you and taking it day by day, trimester by trimester, of course, talking to your doctor, um, but also some of the best learning lessons I had was to know yourself, know thyself, especially if you have been doing fitness for a while and knowing your limits and what you were normally doing. So there used to be um, theories on certain heart rates and um, 
things to watch out for. And they're, they've come a long way and still definitely listen to it, still definitely talk to doctors about it. Um, but there's so much information and education from experts and making sure you get that information from experts, not just influencers online and vetting that out. Um, but definitely staying within a range that you know um, you feel comfortable with. And, and you'll find, I thought it would be just heart rate and just like my hips would hurt, but it ended up being all sorts of body parts that I didn't know existed and could have pain. Um, and so once for me, just to speak from my personal experience, my first trimester, I um, also had to give up my normal caffeine. And many fitness experts, I could probably speak for them, um, probably overdose on caffeine on the daily. Uh, so giving that up uh, or even limiting it to 200 milligrams on top of the hormone shifts, um, I felt like a dud. Like I couldn't do anything besides fake it through class. I had um, a cold that I never had gotten ever in my life. And I couldn't even tell people that I was pregnant to justify it. Right. So energy was awful in the first trimester. And then second trimester, I had my energy back and was much better. I'd probably adjusted my caffeine withdrawals and hormones were uh, feeling better. But then um, all sorts of softening happens in your joints and just things you would normally do and have energy for um, may feel painful in different ways. So that was my experience. And then third trimester, I was just huge and trying to minimize impact. Um, so it was very humbling, um, very, very humbling, especially if you've been in the fitness world for a while. So definitely almost put your normalcy and rules to the side that you normally subscribe to and be open to how you're going to feel day by day. Um, trimester by trimester, talk to your doctor. And there are really good um, ways to avoid certain moves and all of that. So, uh, Did your doctor tell you to quit the caffeine or where did that come from? Yeah. The, uh, yep. 200 milligrams um, research doctor. Um, and it's funny when you go into that process, it's almost, I've never been weighed so much in my life and I'm a fitness expert, but you go um, every month every two weeks eventually and you're constantly getting weighed and all they can kind of go off of is like the size of your baby and then the size of you because they really don't know exactly what's going on in there because everything's just analyzed with the information that they have which they do a fantastic job um, but in addition to caffeine restrictions diet restrictions they want you to be healthy so it's like you feel this accountability to be the healthiest you've ever been like treat your body like a temple because you've got a baby in there which you are motivated to however uh you feel the worst you've ever felt it's like if you've ever had a hangover for at least in my experience nine months so just imagine how you want to treat your body when you have a hangover you want to lay around you want to cuddle the couch. You want to yeah. eat all the things. So it's a very interesting um, journey to navigate. So you mentioned low impact in your third trimester. Yes. Did you? Uh, I mean, I saw you in class. Yep. Uh, working out yep. through your whole pregnancy. Did you? Were you on the treadmill walking up until you know a week before the birth? Right. I was definitely coaching, which even then was a lot of on my feet time and walking. I did attempt the treadmill as much as I could. And this was humbling for me because I my base pace, Orange Theory, we have a base pace that we always um, pride ourselves on. It's almost like if you go into a gym, it's like, what do you bench? Like, what's your base pace, right? Mm -hmm. So mine was 7.2 and I'm not even a runner, but I was proud of that. Um, and then when the pregnancy happened, my pelvic floor was just uh, really in pain. And I've come to find out, she, I'm like five, one and a half, and she was 21 inches. And it made a lot more sense, like how big she was in there and how little I am. Um, so I adjusted by walking, but I was walking pretty slow. But what's cool about Orange Theory is they have um, low impact options. So they have 
two bikes and a strider and then you can walk like there are parameters on what we want you to do but again i listen even though i'm a coach and I should be going this according to Orange Theory. I slowed it down to like two miles per hour and found the perfect incline. And um, I've also had three knee surgeries in my past and that goes into my fitness background. But I'm definitely the coach that at 35, being pregnant, having surgeries, orthopedically, I'm all about options. So it was great and I I could figure it out. So for nine months, Mm -hmm. uh, and this is... um, this is my age speaking because I my advice as and again I'm I have no right to give any advice to a new mom or someone going through pregnancy uh, however as a parent looking back my kids are grown up um, I would suggest uh, that through the nine months if at any point um, it's difficult or you don't know how you're gonna get through it mm-hmm. Um, now that, how old is your baby now? Uh, five months. Five months. Coming up on five months. So yep. even even as new and young as your baby mm-hmm. is, doesn't it feel like that nine months went by in a in a flash? Totally. Yeah. For so, sure. So really, anybody, no matter what you're doing, um, whether it's a day or a month or an hour or nine months or even a few years, when you're in the middle of it, it right. seems terrible, or the worst part of it seems terrible. Absolutely. When it's over. Always it better. Was, it went so fast. Mm-hmm. So if any, I guess my advice would be to a to a a, 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 a new mom or Absolutely. A, a soon to be a new mom, right? Is if at any point during this three trimester journey, right, you're just wondering how much harder it's going to be, True. or and I can't even imagine. True, uh, as a man, but. Um, it will be over. Absolutely. And it will seem like it went by in a, in a snap. Absolutely. Uh, and I say that because my kids, uh, each of their 18-year mm. um, childhoods, feel like it was 10 days to That's me crazy. now when I look yep. back. Um, yep. They're 24 and 20 now. Wow. And so I'm telling you, as a parent, my right. advice to you is soak it up. Yep. I mean, soak it up. Absolutely. Because it's going to go so fast. Oh, that makes me nervous. But it, it really has. And, and in hindsight, I can kind of like join that. I feel like I'm a part of the mom battle club where we share all of our glory stories because now it is so amazing and and everyone's different. But for me, pregnancy was rough, I think, because I'm used to having so much more control. But postpartum, I feel like a million bucks. Like I feel like myself, I am moving and feeling good and feeling strong. Like all that needed to come out was this, you know, eight pound baby. And I felt way, way better. Um, And I can always talk about postpartum stuff too, but I feel... Uh, night and day, for sure. So you mentioned your words. I think it was huge. Yeah, it was the word. <laughs> Felt uh, like it. Uh, so, so for somebody um, getting ready to go on this journey, mm-hmm. how? Uh, and again, you said it earlier too. Consult your doctor. Right, I mean, is the best advice. But um, I, I wouldn't imagine that the weight or how big you get is really that, that big of a concern. Right, because you hear that a lot. People, right, especially women, are worried about how big they're going to get or how much weight they gain. Yep. Uh, is that a concern? Sure. And so from my experience, um, what's really cool, what helped me. Okay. So you have the reality of you going to the doctor and as a coach, I can speak to this. Like, I'm going to tell you 
to do certain things, but I know that you're probably going to do 80% of it. Uh, that's statistically. Like if you, if I raise the bar this high, I know you're probably going to do 80% on a good day. So we raise the bar, we push you. So I, I felt like doctors are expecting perfection or saying these rules and saying these things because they know it might not be the most realistic. But if, but if they say, hey, gain 50 pounds, it's fine. We'd probably gain 100, right? So their 25 to 30 pound recommendation, they know that the scope is probably all over the place. So my advice is to listen to the doctors, do your best, definitely eat healthy, do all the things that you can, um, but talk to women. And I have people, especially there's this one girl who's very similar to my size, very similar to my athleticism. She gained 50 pounds with both of her pregnancies and she looks like fire now. Like she's just lean and great and happy and her kids are still young. But she was like, I gained 50 pounds with both and your body can do what a lot of times it'll do what it'll do. And that's not a doctor's opinion, but that is like mother advice that I got from. So my advice would be like, go to somebody that looks like you. If Like for me, I've had a big weight loss journey and I have genetics and I know what I can look like and I know what my body's been through. Um, like I know it's skinny, I know it larger. And so if you know yourself with that, that can help. It can be hard in its own way. But if you also have never gained weight in your life, that can be a new conversation, a new reality that you can work with other people on. Um, but nourishing your baby is important. If anything, it's eat nutritiously, eat in a way that makes you feel good. Um, aside from, you know, emotional eating, like, of course, we'll all do that. And I'm not giving advice to do that, but to not beat yourself up <laughs> if you do that. Um, so for me, the weight, it's like you can instantly lose pretty crazy, you can instantly lose like 20, 25 pounds when that baby comes out if you gained a lot. If you gain 30 pounds, you'll lose, you could lose it all, like within the baby and the fluid. Um, so to not sweat it and to trust you, the process as long as you're, you know, being healthy mm -hmm. as, as best you can. So you mentioned eating. Mm -hmm. um, the cliches are, you know, pickles and ice cream. Oh my gosh, and yeah. All, all the cravings that... Uh, that a, a, a soon-to-be new mom gets mm -hmm. during the nine months. What, what were some of your cravings? Oh, it was all odd, over the place. Odd cravings. Oh, odd. I would say the oddest part was that it changed all the time, and that I um, I was more aversions. So the weird part was like the things that I didn't like. So I love eggs. Like I couldn't have enough eggs postpartum, and this morning, like I couldn't stand eggs. Um, like I love Chinese food. I couldn't do my egg drop soup because I was grossed, by, grossed out by eggs, which actually stemmed from the cold that I had in the beginning of my pregnancy. So it was all like linked up to certain things. And then I'm kind of going off topic, but smells like my husband has a certain cologne that it had when he was when I was pregnant, the boat, the trash bags on the boat and the music and geist the way that it smells like I love the water and I'm so glad I was able to be pregnant and out on the water. But like I associate a lot with, of that with my first trimester. So these like specific aversions um, that will last with me as a fond memory. <laughs> but yeah, I would say I ate all sorts of stuff, but it was the stuff that I normally loved. And eating healthy was tough for me, especially in the beginning. And then second trimester, I was used to big salads, like a big Subway salad or a big salad you make from home. And my stomach just could not take the fiber or could not take the normal healthy eating. So I had, and then as you got larger, as I got larger, I had to eat smaller meals. So that was very weird for me because I'm used to loving healthy food and smashing a bunch of it and being in really good shape. And so it was almost like I had to go against everything I've ever known and, and relearn that. Did you ever get, I always thought if I, if I was a woman and got pregnant, I would use the pregnancy <laughs> as an absolute excuse to just eat as much garbage as I wanted. Right. 
did that ever end it did start off it ended up that way for sure it did not start off that way i think you know you do your best to survive the first trimester for me it was like crackers and really bland food second trimester i wanted to eat healthy my body didn't agree with it and so then there was a bit of like well if i'm gonna feel like crap anyway and if i'm gonna gain the weight that attitude totally sunk in and i didn't think i'd be that way and i had a fantasy of being that beautiful, perfect, pregnant, lean. And there are those, like there's an orange theory coach that's just, she's like, I barely even remember that I'm pregnant. And so there you can definitely have those people and every experience is unique. And I've had a lot of friends who on their first versus their second, they did the exact same stuff, felt totally different, different weight gain, different weight loss postpartum. And it all it all stems from just that unique experience. So um, yeah, it, it was easy to fall into that for sure. So, yeah, but every yeah. doctor's appointment, I was like, you know, holding my breath and making sure I didn't get in trouble. French fries and right. hot fudge. Right, That's right, right. Uh, our guest is Maria Brace. She is a health and fitness coach and new mom. And uh, before we get into some general fitness for mm-hmm. our audience, uh, your husband, yep. did he gain what we call the sympathy weight? Because I gained with my first child. I generally weigh about 215. Yep. And uh, about, I don't know, eight months into the pregnancy, I weighed 265. Oh my gosh. I gained gained 50 pounds. That's awesome. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even realize it. (laughs) Yep. And it just, uh, I don't know if, you know, you mentioned that you couldn't eat as much. Right. I I think I was finishing all. Sure. Her meal. Sure. She had no room in her stomach for food because there was a baby in there. Exactly. So I ate. There's food all over the house. I'm eating it. Yep. Uh, I was not working out yep. because I'm at home more. Available. And, yep. Uh, and it was probably my metabolism changing in my age and my 20s. Yeah, anyway, good timing. <laughs> but uh, I probably would have gained weight anyway. But man, I that's when I that's when my fitness journey started. Cool. Um, at age 30. Really? That's awesome. Uh, because I gained 50 pounds. <laughs> well, yeah, the, it's a that's a reality check right yeah. there. So how much weight did your yes, husband gain? Yes, he, that is a great question. He definitely gained, I would say, to be safe, 30 pounds. So he did, yeah, for sure. And he is um, somebody who will golf all day, walk the golf course, previous athlete. He's been, I've been coaching and instructing for 15 years. He's been to two of my classes in 15 years. Um, we've been together 10 years, to be fair. But um, he's not Mr. Fitness, but he is. He's actually way more black and white with diet. Like he could eat the same thing every day if it means he's going to lose weight. And to be fair, he gained the weight, but he is killing it and rocking it with his journey now on on losing it. Um almost to a point where I'm a little envious, but it's it's all good. He was super, <laughs> super supportive. I will say he, um, instead of being out at networking events and on the golf course and like at Pacers games as much. I mean, he did plenty of that and I didn't get to, which, you know, I will forgive him for, but he um, was home a lot and just got ordered takeout and came home and we watched a lot of Netflix and ate and it was really helpful. So to me, I completely appreciate, even though I'm a fitness expert, I appreciate the comfort weight that he put on to comfort me and especially seeing that he's doing great now and that it's temporary. So um, if that does happen again under the grace umbrella for your husband and for yourself, know that nothing's permanent. And, mm-hmm. and that's why this industry is so great and Orange Theory is so great is that you can reverse that, um, not pretty quickly, but pretty simply, I should say. You know, it's it's a journey yep. and you just got to keep at it. And yep. um, there are days I have where 
uh, my weight goes up or uh, I have an enormous amount of food and calories and enjoy it, too, right. especially around the holidays. But I, I don't. I don't want to say I don't quit or give up because I don't want to make it sound like I'm a, mar- a martyr, <laughs> but you just know that it's going to balance out. Mm-hmm. You just keep, you can't quit. You can't gain three pounds no. after Thanksgiving and think, well, then I just give up. Right. I and then quit. You gain 15. I'm not going to work. I'm not even going to walk the neighborhood anymore yep. because then all of a sudden three years later, that's when you've maybe gained 85 pounds right. and you're having enormous health problems. Right. So let's talk just general health and fitness. Uh, what is your fitness background? You said you were yeah. an athlete in high yep. school, college? Yep. Grew up playing sports. Soccer was the sport I landed in. Um, loved it. Maybe that's why I love cardio so much. Always running, right, with soccer as a sport. Um, but a lot of it did stem from that in the sense that I loved sports and competing and was good at it. Uh, but also within that, I tore both my ACLs. I wanted to play college soccer. I was quite good, but always had injuries. So if you guys are familiar with cryocuff um, or like if you've ever had orthopedic surgery, I was the girl who always had the cryocuff ice cooler with me, constantly icing my knees because I was either subluxing my kneecap or tearing a ligament. Um, I, don't, I don't know cryocuff. Yeah, it's um, pretty awesome. Actually, it's a friend of mine's dad's uh, – it's crazy. It's like a water bottle meets a compression sleeve. So like your blood pressure sleeve okay. meets uh, a water bottle that just, I'm sure there's fancy stuff now, but you'd elevate it above your head and then the water and the air would compress uh, around your knee or shoulder or elbow and you'd have compression and ice. Were and, your injuries after a, a specific split second uh, yep. cut on the turf? Always or? turf, always indoor. Yep. And uh against boys not that that had anything to do with it but I was playing that I think a lot of it had to do with just I was playing I think basketball and soccer long days I mean stuff that I think we've learned now to not over train but back 20 years ago we were all like how much fitness can you get in in a day and some Mm -hmm. people still do that but um, for me well this is a leads us into an interesting topic of um, you know Mm. non-athlete adults Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking at myself. Okay. Uh, just let's say you're middle age and you uh, and you're having some tweaks and injuries yep. and you pull a muscle or worse, you have to have an ACL uh, mm. surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you say from a health and fitness perspective on how important it is for for a healthy diet yep. and to continue to rehab or work out? Because yep. someone my age that would go through that may get get a case of. Um, um, of the screw it's, yep. we could say, and just say, you know what, I'm, I'm 50 now. I'm not going to worry about working out. Yep. This is God telling me not to work out. Right. And that's where I think that the seeds are planted for maybe 10 years later when you turn 60 after doing nothing for 10 years yeah. that your organs, your heart, your lungs oh, yeah. are starting to, maybe they're not in as great a shape as they could have been if you had stuck with something, even if it's just low impact yep. walking or something. You see it all the time. And that's, I, because I had so many injuries, I actually thought I wanted to be a physical therapist, all that. So I interned with my knee doctor and got to see um, the biggest thing is the rehab. And so, and my biggest advice when anybody comes to me like, I tore my ACL or I have to have this surgery and I'm just going to miss out on Orange Theory so much, or I'm going to miss out on your spin classes, et cetera. It's like, my best advice is like, I know you're going to miss out on the endorphins and the emotional release and the mental state, but diet is going to be your friend here. It's going to be the hard part, but just think about the energy that you put into a workout. You don't want to go a lot of times. It's hard during, but you're thankful for after. And so diet is where you can control a lot because then your exercise is going to be rehab even before the surgery and after surgery to maintain as much muscle as you possibly can. And to just your success is going to be being like 
stringent on that rehab. And it's such unsexy, unfun activity. It's like little movement. And a lot of it after the surgery and before is painful, right? Because you're coming from an injury. Um, But it's going to make it so much better. And just keeping weight to stay light is going to help you in anything, whether you're going to ever run again or just even walk again. And just think of the impact that you have on your regular joints. You want to be lighter. But imagine your joints now being injured and Mm -hmm. imbalances start to accrue. And so all of that, it's very important to, I would say, it's not fun because you just went through something unfun and injury, but it's going to be way more unfun, like you said, not only with your health, like, yeah, we need to pay attention to our health, absolutely, but even short-term pain, it's going to be way more painful for you to be heavy, out of shape, unmotivated, depressed. Uh, So definitely Mm -hmm. lean into the suck and it'll feel way better sooner. I have a, uh, a question. Um, it's, I don't think it's that controversial, but I want to get your take on yeah. it. Um, the recent um, Sports Illustrated oh, yeah. uh, swimsuit sure. edition came out, and there's several different versions of cover models. And yep. one of the cover models is uh, a plus-size model. Yep. And on one side of the spectrum, people are saying, this is fantastic. It's great for... Um, body image yep. for young girls to see that um, any that everyone is beautiful. Right. And on the other side of the spectrum, there are health and fitness experts saying this isn't healthy right. to be this size yep. and we shouldn't celebrate it. Um, and a lot of these discussions or debates or arguments get political. Yeah. And I, that's one thing we don't do on this show is sure. get political. But um, just as a woman mm-hmm. and health and fitness yeah. expert, what? how should we look at this? Yeah. Is it healthy to I- be... That's a great question. To champion plus size? I mean, I'm, I think it's um, positive to sure. say that everyone is beautiful. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But as far as the stress that someone's putting on their heart mm-hmm. over a 70 or 80 year period of your life, mm-hmm. I, my health and fitness journey, and I, I played college football and I've been in health and fitness my whole mm-hmm. life. I've had doctor's appointments. It seems to me that the, the better in shape you are, the better it is for your for your organs right. and your and your longevity of living. Right. Um, what is the right answer? Yeah, here? absolutely. So there's definitely, there's mental fitness and then there's the um, psychological portion for sure. So I agree with you completely because I've been all over the spectrum with um, body appreciation, self-love. But when it comes to just like brass tacks, health, um, I think of, and, and experiencing it myself, being heavier, carrying a baby, even, even just being the heaviest I've ever been, and trying to be active and trying just to, to be day to day, like get up and down off the floor or get out of bed or, um, you know, just do the laundry, functional fitness in my mind, like day to day things that are important for parents and people. Um, it is important to take care of your insides, your joints, your heart, your um, lungs. And that's where exercise is amazing. So my question, and I don't know, and they might have published this stuff, but like I would look at each model and say, what are you doing in your current day to day? Because if you're 90 pounds and you're doing a bunch of drugs to stay skinny, your insides could be trash, yeah. but you could be a model of health because you have a body um, body fat or BMI that's acceptable. And then on the flip side, you could be, and I've seen Lizzo talk about this, where she's large, but she's exercising. So she could have a actually a great heart and um, very capable lungs, but I would argue her joints, it's harder on her joints unless she's swimming and doing totally non-impact things. And um, it would be very interesting to see the insides of like, correlation versus causation of mm-hmm. skinny 
and an appropriate body fat, but moderate for sure in the scheme of like you want to have body fat that especially if you look at fertility, things like that, that's definitely something where you I have known many people to um, not have success with that. And that's a, a, a tag of health, right? Like, are you able to produce children because of your hormones? And so it just depends on your goals. But when it comes to long, if, if your definition of health is longevity of life, you are more likely to live longer if you are within that moderate healthy range for sure. And especially if it coincides with healthy heart, healthy lungs, healthy mm -hmm. joints, healthy it, insides. It is a, a great point that if you see somebody 90 pounds, a 90 pound model, they may not be the picture of health. Exactly. Um, with with all the body or the um, the anorexia, what right. is that called? Yeah, what anorexia, um, yep. Uh, eating disorders, yep, Eat, that's what I'm sure. trying to think of. Eating disorders. There's a range, yep. If you're having a, a pack of cigarettes for lunch, uh, yeah. To maintain your 90 pound weight, you're probably not as healthy right. as somebody that is bigger. Right. Because um, one would argue what's the because then there's your adrenal. So that's another component of like if you're doing a bunch of things to not eat to then keep your metabolism fast. Um, what would your kidneys look like? What would your, mm -hmm. you know, uh, hormones look like? Hormones are a big thing, especially for women. Uh, and that could be a whole a whole other talk. But what is your hormone health? Not just now, but long term. And a lot of women could speak to their experience. I haven't had this yet, but I will look under the hood continually is what did my eating behavior and exercise behavior and stress behavior in my life um, turn out to affect me in, in the long term. Well, Maria, um, interesting as always to talk to you. And yes. I, I, let's have you back on the show. Would love that. Uh, maybe um, in a year, once your baby is going to be a completely different person, walking, <laughs> talking. Yes. Uh, and maybe we'll do a toddler health and fitness edition yeah. because, uh, you know, child obesity is a big problem mm -hmm. in this country. And uh, maybe there's some diet and health and fitness issues that. we can talk about for new parents with their toddlers. Would love that. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Maria Brace, a health and fitness expert, my coach at Orange Theory Fitness. Thank you for coming on today. And you can hear uh, this show and our past shows in podcast form on our website, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.